Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And welcome. I am your host, Emma Gunnar-Wardner, and in my nearly 20-year career as a beauty and health writer, I have interviewed a lot of people, supermodels, entrepreneurs, authors, celebrities, and doctors, and many of these conversations had a real impact on me, and I'd come away feeling inspired, excited, informed, and really empowered. And at the back of my mind, I'd always think, I wish I could just publish the tape so people could really feel that conversation. Well, on this podcast, you get to feel the conversation. I talk with experts, guests, and a few friends who I hope will inspire, inform, and empower you, and maybe also challenge you. Whether you're looking for self-help, self-improvement, beauty advice, health insights, business know-how, or just some good old-fashioned life advice and a bit of a laugh. It's all here. Welcome to the show. Well, isn't this a treat? A wonderful return to the podcast for my friend, brand owner, activist, just all-around decent human being and lovely person is Jules Von Hepp. Jules Von Hepp returns to the podcast. And the reason why I asked Jules to come back onto the show is because A, it's been over three years since his last visit. Can you actually believe it? And so much has happened in that time. He has started his brand, Isle of Paradise, but his social media has also become a real source of inspiration, comfort, and what else would I say? It has become a very safe space for people who maybe feel uncomfortable in their own skin. By his own admission, he would say that he has really felt passionately about um, really encouraging people to feel positive about their bodies and feel confident in their own skin. And every single thing that Jules puts out has been about making sure that people are getting that message. He's been on his own journey with his Um, appearance and his body and how he feels about himself and he now wants to make sure that other people are able to reach a point where they accept who they are celebrate who they are and love who they are and it's such a lovely message but also Jules is obviously a friend of mine and at the beginning of lockdown I contacted him and I did say I've really noticed that you're doing something really wonderful with your social media you are making it a happy and safe space for people who might be feeling anxious who might be feeling unsettled by everything that's happening with COVID-19 and everything that is happening with all of the changes that we've all had to adapt to with you know, the virus being out in the world, lockdown, working from home, all of these things. And it felt like he went right and uh, stepped things up a gear and just made sure that nobody on his watch was going to feel anything other than wonderful. So that's why I wanted to invite him back onto the show and also because he's just such good energy, such a good laugh and... He speaks a lot of sense, so I really hope that you enjoy him returning onto the show. Obviously, the links to find him and everything will be in the show notes, but here he is making a hugely welcome return. It's Jules Von Hepp on The Emma Gunn Show. Hi, Jules. Hi. Jules Von Hepp is in the house, and it's, I don't know about you, I'm in a good mood now for having spoken to you for about 20 minutes. I know, we've just had a right good old chin whack, haven't we? The thing is about you and me, Gunzi, is that we're like two fishermen's wives. No real <laughs> desire for anyone to come back onto the shore because we're sat with a bag of chips having a lovely time. Oh my goodness, fishermen's wives. We need to get t-shirts made. Easily, we can we can sort that out. We can come to some kind of licensing arrangement. <laughs> we'll whip them up and then every time we meet, we'll maybe a hat. Oh, tracker cap, you say. Coasters. 
<laughs> You've got a thing about coasters. I just love anything on a coaster. I think they're really impractical, but also really useful. I bought six coasters recently with um, from this amazing company. Uh, someone on Instagram said, I think you'll like this company. And they're film-themed ones. So I bought six. I bought like the film It, Predator, Terminator, Die Hard, et cetera, et cetera. My favorite movies. <laughs> really lighthearted films. <laughs> you, you know me. And they arrived and I was like, oh, look at these coasters. And guess where they are? They are in a drawer, still in the packaging because they're too good to use. Emma, no, you have to get those out. No, I but I just I just don't know I think I want to make coasters but I just never really want to buy them but do you get rings on your furniture I never put stuff down babe <laughs> <laughs> a cup of tea never leaves your hands once it's made no I don't want it no but there's a cloth down I wouldn't put it bareback on wood I'd always put something <laughs> in between it but it's usually a bill <laughs> I mean, I'll just put my own bill there perfect HMRC. <laughs> yeah, life hacks with jewels. <laughs> I like that one. I fear the brown envelope. Do you? The brown envelope from HMRC. Permanently. Yeah. Every time I see it, I'm like, oh, what now? Thought I thought I was up to date. Anyway, um, yeah. So we've put the world to rights, and you didn't put that mug down. What 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 is your mug handle? Is it a sheep head? It's a llama, actually. It's a llama. And you can see here that sketched onto the mug is the body of the llama uh -huh. and the handle is the head of a llama which I actually bought this from my boyfriend who's now fiance in our early days because when he sleeps I think he looks like a dead llama so I bought these mugs so they always remind me of him that's so romantic I think so <laughs> he looks like a dead llama he does but it moves in the air oh bless Dutchy. Now I want to see him sleeping. Anyway, that's another conversation for another time. Um, I, You haven't been on the show, we figured out, for over three years. I think so, yeah, over three years. It's been a long time. You took over. You're the only person I've ever let take over the podcast when you did your talk on optimism. Thank you. Um, which was amazing and incredible. But you haven't been on since, and it felt like a good time to chat to you because so much has happened. Because when you came on the last time... Although you were known for tanning, the brand that you now have launched, Isle of Paradise, was top secret at that particular time. But now it's like a global tanning collection. You've just got a new product out that I'm loving, by the way. I don't know if you've noticed. Well, my forearms are bronzed. The rest of me is too. I didn't just do my forearms. I was just wearing clothes. No judgment. <laughs> um, but also... So, but personally, and with you as well, like your Instagram content has changed. You're very much now a champion for body confidence. I don't know, where do you stand on the term body positivity? Because I was talking to our friend Alex Light recently, and she's moved away from saying that. Um, so we'll get on to that. But I just wanted to talk to you about this real evolution, because you really have established yourself as a brand. It feels like you've really found your voice, and you've always been a talker of good sense, and you've been you've always been a great friend to call up and say, Jules, I'm having a, an issue with this. And you are very good at navigating these sorts of things. So I wanted to get you on the show and share a bit of this Jules Von Hepp magic with listeners. Great. So <laughs> fundamentally, what if you had to say, would you say the last three years have been a period of extreme growth and change for you? A hundred percent. I don't think you could ever launch a global brand and do what I've done in the last three years and it not be a period of growth and strength. I think when you launch a brand, there's no, um, there's no manual, there's no job description. It is literally get onto that roller coaster and pray that you've done your sandals up because they might fly <laughs> off when you go around the corner. <laughs> it is literally that. And you just have to ride the most insane wave ever. I think you know, living on flights and in and out of airports and meeting so many people from so many different walks of life who are telling you things about your product and things about your messaging that watch your Instagram. And and then, you know, I went to Australia at the start of this year. And one of the questions on this panel in front of like 300 people was, what are you having for tea? And <laughs> oh my God, something that I do on Instagram is hugely affecting people here. And I remember people saying, I get told, oh, 
me and my sisters, me and my girlfriends, me and my friends from work, we have a WhatsApp group called Jules Von Herp and we send your content around. We are obsessed with your content. So it's quite, um, it is a constant reflective journey of going, wow, because in my head, I'm just in my pants, you know, like, posing and having a laugh on Instagram. <laughs> and actually, you know, you have to remember that this content is really important. And where I was three years ago, you know, even at the start of this year, I look back at some pictures and I'm like, I was just a completely different person. I feel like I've changed so much in the, in this time. So you touched on something that I talk about a lot on this podcast, which is there's no blueprint for success. There is no manual. And exactly as you just said, but then you get a lot of people telling you when you're trying to achieve a version of success, you've got to have a plan. You've got to stick to this. You've got to stick to the other, but how important is it to do that? But also how, how vital is it to go with the flow? I think, well, firstly, success is only success on how you measure it. Everybody measures success differently. Um, so I think what, if one person has a plan, it doesn't mean everybody has to have a plan. I definitely do have a plan that I stick to and that in my head, there's goals that I want to achieve. It's not necessarily a plan by like, oh, by the eighth week of quarter two. Like, I'm not like that at all. I'm just like, this is what I want to achieve. This feels good. I'm going to evolve this way. Um, I think success, I don't know. I don't, I think success in itself is a very interesting topic to talk about. I think it's a very, what you deem successful and what the person who you deem successful deems successful. Does that make sense? Like Charlotte Tilbury. I deem oh, Charlotte yeah. Tilbury successful. And I look at Charlotte Tilbury and think she's successful. However, Charlotte Tilbury herself might not think she's successful because she will have her own goals in her head. So it's all relative on how you judge it. Yeah, I've interesting. I was having a conversation with someone earlier this week about this very thing about saying, and it was more to do with looking at other people's success. It's the comparison trap, obviously. And I you and I might have the same feeling of someone might look at me and think, well, she's got how many Instagram followers. She's got this podcast. She's, she's successful in inverted commas, but you and I both know that when I get on the phone to you, sometimes I'm like, Oh, Jules, this is like, I'm really struggling. I'm having a shitty time with this and it just doesn't feel like it's coming easy. And that person over there, it feels like everything's just falling into place for them. And I'm here like a chump, you know, acting like a moron just to get something and I think it's so important to kind of keep that in mind that and you're quite big on the comparison thing aren't you you was that a trap that you fell into a lot um I didn't realize what comparison was until I met Lucy Sheridan the comparison mm -hmm. coach I didn't ever really know that I was comparing to other people I still I now know if I'm falling into a comparison trap, but just to go back to having the wobbles, having the moments, it's something that I've totally experienced through life, through working with like huge A-list celebrities to non-famous people, to corporate CEOs, to people who don't have that corporate job. Everybody is panicking if they're doing the right thing in their lane. Everybody is having their wobbles. Everybody has moments where you're thinking, is my career over? What am I going to do? How am I going to navigate this chapter? And I think, I think there's this whole misconception about anyone who's deemed successful or anyone who's climbed to the top of the metaphorical ladder, that once you've got there, oh, your car's just in neutral. You are just going and flowing and the world is just, you know, giving you opportunities and everything's just so easy. And I actually think the higher up the ladder, the perceived ladder that you get, the harder it gets, the bigger the comparison traps, the risks are greater. And I think, I think something that I've massively had to get my head around is having one of those careers that people are watching. I was saying this to a friend and I was like, you go into work or you do your job and at the end of the day, you come off and that's you done. But actually, you don't have lots of people watching you on a day-to-day -day basis. Whereas it's not, I'm not saying that my job's harder, but it's definitely a different type of um, um, something mental to process. Of, there is lots of people watching and that in itself can be quite um, triggering for putting pressure on yourself. Yeah. 
So but how I do think, you... Well, I think, it, I'm not just saying this through me having peers and Instagram followers. I'm saying this through all walks of life. We all do have people watching, but I think sometimes it's important to remember that say somebody's got 2 million followers or, you know, all the world watching, don't think that they're finding it easy. That's probably harder because they have so many people watching. Yeah. And I think, I, I'm guessing you were going to say, so how do I navigate that? Um, how dare you do my job for me? <laughs> <laughs> I think that I just have to take each day. There are some days that have big wobbles and... I can think, oh, people are going to notice that I haven't posted anything or, or maybe people are like noticing that I've posted too much and they're seeing that I'm not working. I don't know. Um, but the next day is a new day. And I have to constantly remind myself that imposter syndrome is my biggest uh, tripwire. That's the thing that can get me. Yeah, I, I feel that too. And can I ask you a question? Because sometimes, because I've sort of tried to lean into it. I had a guy called Jeff Thompson on the podcast recently, and it was like a life-changing conversation, both what we recorded and what we what we spoke about off uh, off tape. And we were talking about um, the things that scare you and the things that wind you up. And he said, any of those things, you have to run at them and figure out what it is, because they will continue to negatively impact you. You know, you can use the word triggering if you like, but they will continue to be something that frighten you until you run up to it, face it and confront it. And I think that what I've done with imposter phenomenon is I have, I've asked myself, well, who, who, who can take that away? If Oprah came up to me and said, Emma, you're a really good podcaster. Would that, would that, would it then evaporate? Mm. You know, have you thought about it in that way? Like, do you, in terms of how you handle it? I think, Fear and nerves are something that I think anybody in their job and in their day-to-day -day life has to do. I think whether you let the fear or nerves win is a different story. And Claudia Winkleman actually said to me, she said, if you weren't nervous and you weren't jittery, then that would be weird. It just shows that you really want that. And that's why you're feeling these like weird feelings. And so now if I am going to go on stage or if I am going to do an event or anything, I think I'm, I'm nervous because I want this. I'm nervous because this is something that means a lot to me. And that's really important. And so I try and just take a moment to go, actually, these feelings are okay. It's good that I have these feelings because it's just showing me that this is something that I want. I feel as though something I've really seen with you since we first started hanging out and becoming and became mates is you've really sort of solidified who you are and what you stand for, what you will uh, get involved in, what you won't get involved in. And I feel that um, followers and people listening to this podcast might really have felt it too in terms of your social media output and how a little while ago, I can't even uh, put a time on it, but you'll know better than I will. But you really sort of drew a line and said, right, everyone's got to stop being so harsh on themselves. Everyone's got to stop beating themselves up about how they look. I don't care what you look like. I don't care who you are. Let's, you're going to celebrate yourself. And I don't know what triggered that, but it feels like that became your why. And everything you've done since has been about celebrating that and making sure that you're reinforcing that message for people. I think I'm inspired by my community and whether that's the Isle of Paradise community, whether that is people that I work with or whenever I meet people who listen to our podcast or follow us on social media. Um, and it's quite an intense thing when I meet followers because nine times out of 10, they'll cry and it will all come to the surface about how I've helped them and about how they've been on this journey. And so, and they say, oh, I'm sorry for crying. I, I can't believe I'm crying. And I say, you know, it's, it's literally okay. I totally <laughs> get it. Um, but because tears and vulnerability are quite present when I meet people, it made me just realize that actually... I just want to open up the conversation and open up that 
we're all in this bizarre boat together. And I, I myself have had some therapy sessions and I've been exploring how I've been reacting to certain circumstances. And then from that, I'm evolving myself and I'm trying to teach my community that it's okay to evolve. I think there's so much in the turn of phrase, pause and reflect. And I think that we as human beings and the past few months with COVID have massively taught us how important a pause and reflect is. And that actually, am I on the right track? Am I doing what I want to do? Is the way that I'm speaking to myself in the mirror something that I want to continue doing for the rest of my life? I think we're all very aware that life is not this infinite resource that we will possess. It will run out. And how we're going to live our life is completely up to us. I think lots of time on my own, on flights, in between clients, um, you know, staying in hotels when I've been traveling with Isle of Paradise has made me think a lot. And it's made me A, realize that I need lots of my own time, but B, I'm communicating with my audience a lot and I'm allowing them to navigate an area that I'm ready to move into. And I think, you know, how we feel about ourselves is something that I'm really enjoying exploring and confidence and self-belief and um, the desire to keep moving forward. I'm enjoying having those conversations with people because I'm on that journey myself. And I do want to ask you about your journey, but I also want to ask you about something you touched on there about spending a lot of time by yourself on planes, in hotels, between clients. Because I think in my 20s and 30s, maybe up to my late 30s, when I had time by myself, I wasn't enjoying it. I didn't enjoy it because I thought, well, this is just, I'll, I'll, I'll be better when I'm with other people. I never used to use my time by myself well, ever. It was either sleeping or binge watching something. And I think as I've got a little bit older, now I really appreciate time by myself. And that's why I, I don't actually think I found lockdown too challenging. Thank goodness, because I'd already kind of adjusted in a way. Do you feel that that's an age thing? Do you feel that you're better off in your own company, in your own head than you were maybe 10 years ago? <coughs> um, no, I think... I don't know if it's an age thing. I think some people are just very good at being on their own. I've always been quite good at being on my own. I've always enjoyed my own company. Um, and actually in a relationship, I have to factor that in. I need my own time. If I'm not alone for a bit of time, I get quite angsty. I just need my, I like being in my own head. I like reflecting and I like being on the journey. I think there is two sides of being on your own. I think there's one side that can be loneliness and that there is this aspect of not necessarily needing entertainment, but needing another human being's energy in your life. And then I think there's the other side of loneliness, of being on your own that is self-discovery space and downtime and all these important things that you can't, you can't be jazz hands, spirit fingers, glitter heels on all the time. You need to have the downtime to have the other time. Um, so I think, I think it's just how you look at it. Something that I'm really exploring at the moment in my own head is reality is only how I perceive a situation. It's not necessarily reality and everybody's reality is different. So am I lonely right now, this very second, or am I enjoying this feeling of space and self-expression within my own surroundings? I think it's just how you look at it, but shifting the focus and changing that up is a skill that I think I don't think anyone can ever possess it full time because emotions can lead but I mm -hmm. think it's something that um is a very interesting space to be in yeah I remember someone saying uh to me ages ago don't believe everything you think and it's That's a really freeing fun. phrase yeah love that because every like especially recently in lockdown in lockdown recently I realized that I was more comfortable in lockdown in many ways because I wasn't experiencing FOMO mm. <laughs> because I wasn't seeing anyone else living a life and me thinking, oh, I'm missing out. Um, and so I've been quite challenged by it recently. And I think the last couple of weeks I thought, 
oh god am I a real am I a boring bastard <laughs> and then I go and part of that's true but then I've also had to go don't believe everything you think just because you're you think you're seeing something doesn't mean you're doesn't your perception of someone else's Instagram stories of like a socially distanced dinner party does not mean that you're on the scrap heap the social scrap heap Emma if you are a boring <laughs> bastard you're still a really fun boring bastard <laughs> You are the kind of friend who is fun on a bag of Cheetos and a Diet Coke. That like you don't you don't need anything to have fun. You're just a really fun person. I find you really entertaining. You always like make me laugh and I love like spending time with you. So never think that you're a boring bastard. Thank you. Also, you just described my perfect date. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you can take this one of two ways. <laughs> next time we uh next time you do what you have for tea, I'm just gonna get a bag of Cheetos and a Diet Coke. Cherry Coke. Yeah. Um so let's so let's talk about this. I, I don't want to call it a move into celebrating body positivity or body confidence because I don't think it was. I think it was just something. It struck me that you just thought I've had enough of this. I've had enough of hearing people talk badly about themselves. But the vehicle you used in order to really hammer that point home was by, I mean, not dropping trowel, but you did take off a lot of your clothes and expose yourself on social media, which. Yeah. I mean, all hail to you, Jules One Heck, because I tell you something, I couldn't do it. Oh, it was a really, it was a really weird thing. Not weird, that's the wrong word, but it was a moment for me. Like, I knew, I was exploring body positivity in myself, and I really knew that in my gut, it was the right move for me, because I've been on such a journey with my body. I've been on such a a weird time of hating my body, loving my body, feeling embarrassed of my body. I felt anything that somebody tells me that they felt about their body, I can relate because I've been there. And I've always wanted to be the role model that just did not exist for me. And so I knew that I had to like create content. And I'll never forget the first picture that I did and it was with Charlotte Jacqueline, Lucy Sheridan, and Sarah Powell, and Ella Swims on Instagram. And we went up to Doncaster, Donny, and did this outdoor swim. And in my head on the train there, I remember saying to myself, today is going to be the day that you are going to take this body positive post and you are going to move forward into this arena because this is what you want. And I remember the picture being taken and I said to Charlotte Jacqueline in the car, because she was dropping us off at the station, I was like, I just don't know what to do. I really want to post it, but I'm not sure. And she said, you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. If you don't want to post it, don't post it. It's like literally that simple. And it was such good advice. So I was like, she's right. There's no like, there's no one that stood behind me with like a save waiting for me to post it. So I got on the train and... When I was at the platform, my, where we're going, I was going to a gig that night and my friend cancelled and I got to London and I went to this like bar and I was like, I'm going to the gig on my own. I don't care. Dutch was away. And I said to Dutch, I'm going to do this. And he was like, oh, exciting. Like, he was just like <laughs> it didn't really. I loved that he wasn't really that fussed. <laughs> I had two large glasses of wine. I posted the picture on Instagram. I put the phone in my pocket and I went into the gig. And I didn't look at my phone. And I like had some wine. I had a dance on my own. I felt really free. And I came out of uh, the gig and opened my phone and my social media was going loco. And I was like, whoa, there it is, there it is, there it is. And... Never look back, never look back. And there are definitely moments where there's definitely content that I never thought I would ever post, like dancing around with no top on and like feeling my body move around. But I'm honestly just like the only reason that I wouldn't post content like that is because society has programmed our brains to believe that that's not acceptable. And actually, I don't want to swim in that lane. I want to be freer and I want to enjoy my body and like I want to show people how to tan and I'm not gonna just show people my arms and my neck and my face life is like tanning is a very real thing and sadly it's not like makeup where you've got the ring light and you're glossy skinned and you're highlighting and you're adding color tanning is in your pants 
in the bathroom <laughs> and it's like a glass of rosé and it's like this process that actually for most people, well, for everyone, unless you're doing it on social media, it is a very personal experience and it's you have to rub your own body down and when you're doing that, I believe that there is such a relation between um, body positivity and body confidence and achieving that tan and so for me to teach people in how to achieve the joy that I feel from a beauty product and from Isle of Paradise um, then I had to move into that arena because I wanted the end result to be teaching people how to tan and making people feel better about themselves and so I had to almost I had to just step up a bit and did it feel uncomfortable and now having done it do you feel as though a, a, a threshold of discomfort is actually when you know you're doing the right thing yes a hundred percent an influencer an amazing amazing influencer called Shanae Alexander um she said to me in New York she was like if it feels shit scary and if you literally want to run in the other direction that is a sign that it's probably going to be great. Oh, I like that. And I was like, oh, wow. And so now when I post stuff, like recently I did a video, a really ranty video about diet culture and about how sick and tired I was. And I paced the flat before I posted that. I was like, this is me really speaking out. This is me not being Mr. Reserve. Like I'm really using my voice now. And God, I'm really glad I have done it. I'm really glad that I've been exploring this with my followers and it's really helping people because I think unless you start opening up the conversation, no one will start the start the chat. It's true. And I I've I mean, Caroline just came on the podcast recently, and I wish I could in some ways, I wish I could be as forthright as Caroline is. Like she re- like last night, for example, um, the Prime Minister announced that beauty salons can open up again. But there were some really, really mental restrictions. And it was very, it was disproportionately favorable for men. Like men can go and have a beard trim, but a woman can't go and get her moustache threaded. And and outrageous. Yeah, it is it is outrageous. And so Caroline goes on. I mean, I'm not sure calling the Prime Minister a deranged salad was productive. <laughs> But she is coming from a position of knowing what she's talking about and being right. And if you and if you challenge her, she's going to have the facts. And I think I sometimes sit in a position of being a little bit too neutral because I don't necessarily have all of the component parts that she has. But what I think you've done is it feels like you've very much considered this is the argument. And you also have this unique perspective of having worked with women in paper thongs and sometimes without. Most of the time without. Really? Yeah. I'm such a prude, Jules. You know this. But you have seen women, you've seen their body language, you've seen their posture, you've seen everything change. You have a very unique perspective on how women feel about their bodies when they're actually standing stock in front of you naked. And something about you just just said, I need every woman to know what I know. And not everyone's going to be on their knees with a spray gun tanning people and having to build them up whether it's by conversation or by giving them an amazing tan and you did and I remember it's just like you said everyone needs to hear my perspective because you're not going to hear it otherwise well exactly exactly and it was like it was like I felt like I just knew this huge secret and being in being in a position where you're working with a-listers and going in and out of this world that is Shopify helps you sell at every stage of your business. Like that, let's put it online and see what happens stage. And the site is live. That we opened a store and need a fast checkout stage. Thanks, you're all set. That count it up and ship it around the globe stage. This one's going to Thailand. And that, wait, did we just hit a million orders stage? Whatever your stage, businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for your $1 a month trial at shopify.com slash listen. is supposed to be behind this dry ice and glitter curtain and it's supposed to be this completely like, it's perceived that it's like another world. It ain't another world. It's exactly the same as everyday life because it's just a human being. 
and hearing the same thing that was being said to people who weren't in that world, I was like, this is nuts. This is crazy. Everybody is saying how much they hate their bodies. What is the point of this? And so, yeah, I, I kind of set it to my mission to break down that massive wall. And you were like, you started doing the dancing videos and we started seeing more of you. Yeah. But then you have, as you said, you've, you've really uh, taken on a more political stance almost in t- taking on diet culture and saying, this is not okay. And you, d- you did a great IGTV where you flashed up all of the ads that people are just subjected to when they go onto social media platforms. And I see them all the time and I just ignore them. But don't you think that's absolutely messed up? And this is my thing with social media. And one of my followers actually said the most amazing thing. If you were walking down the street, you wouldn't see weight loss adverts on billboards. You wouldn't, you just wouldn't see it. You don't, you see it very rarely on TV. Yet on social media, you are bombarded with it. And there's no policing really of adverts on social media. And I think the more that we talk and we go, actually, hang on, this isn't cool, this isn't okay, then it will get policed. And then there will be rules that are put into play. And this follower also said, she said, you know, if you're out and about and say it was on a billboard, you'd then turn and buy your coffee or you'd go into your shop or you'd like chat to your friend and you'd forget about it. Or if you saw it in a magazine, you'd close the magazine and you put it in the bin. But on social media, you are alone most of the time when you're on social media, you're in your own head and these diet culture adverts just bombard you one after the other, one after the other, and you literally can't get away from it. How I feel about my body and how I feel about my weight and my height and how my clothes fit is nobody's business. So for another business to pry and to start showing me insecurities that I had either got rid of or didn't know I had and then want me want to make money off me it's messed up and at Isle of Paradise we always said we're always going to market our products based on empowerment and based on the feel-good vibes and positivity because that's how it should be communicated to you and if you kind of look back at advertising and look back at marketing if you see that it's prying on an insecurity that's when you're like Usually you'd be like, oh yeah, I do need that. Oh yeah, actually I do need that. Like hair thinning. Oh yeah, my hair is thinning, I really need that. And actually you go, oh wait, you're just telling me that I need something else because you think that I'm insecure about this. Do you know what? I honestly hadn't really thought about that. The fact that there's something very sinister about hiding weight loss and diet ads on social media platforms where no one can see you being sold to by those people, brands and services. Yeah, it's very, very dark. And that's why, so at the moment I've got on my Instagram a survey with the House of Commons um, and they phoned me. Um, the most casual <laughs> thing ever. So they slid into the DMs um, and they're like, hi, we work for the House of Commons. We are really wanting to lobby something in Parliament. We really need your help. Um, and then I had a phone conversation with them and I, I was like, people are not being made to feel great about their bodies within the United Kingdom and this needs to change. And this is the kind of things that you need to ask in this survey. And hopefully we can get it like policed a bit more. Hopefully. Well, we will. We will. Yeah, no, I yeah, I, I believe in you, Jules. I just love it. Hello, Mr. Von Hepp, it's the House of Commons. <laughs> Literally, I was like, <laughs> you know when you're on the phone, you're like, no big deal, no big deal, no big deal. And then like you're doing river dance down bottom, but at the top you've got a shirt and tie on and you're like, sure. <laughs> it was like, I don't know, it was like Michael Flatley down below and Alan Sugar on top. That's oh what my I gosh. Thought. What an image you have conjured. <laughs> um, so tell me about what, because you have changed your, not changed your messaging, as I've said, your messaging has evolved. How has the reaction, I know you said that right from the off, people were saying you've made me feel better about myself, but as you have really taken it up a notch and you've spoken out against things and you have, you you make And I think what you did in lockdown, and I said this to you right from the beginning, when the UK went into lockdown, you, it felt like you basically said, right, no one 
is going to be miserable or scared or frightened while they're watching my content, whether it's an Instagram post, an Instagram live or an Instagram story. And I remember calling you and saying, I really appreciate this because you are creating a very safe, positive space. And it felt like a very deliberate move on your part. Well, I think the world was such a scary place. And I, I, you know, I've always known that my social media is a page of silliness and, you know, escapism. And I can tell that from how, from what people say to me on the DMs. You know, it's not just me throwing things out into the wind. It's I listen to what people say to me. And so now I kind of have it in my head of like, if this, is, if this post isn't going to educate someone or shine a light on something that might be a feeling that somebody has, then it's going to entertain people. And it's going to be this escapism. And it's going to be this this safe little community where there's no judgment. And I can tell that it's, it, I can, it really is a community because I'm so inspired by people that follow me. And I think I just want to keep doing good and I keep want to, I just want to keep making people feel amazing. I don't think you'll ever stop my friend, but I know you speak to your community a lot. So I, I'm curious about this and I'm curious about it because of my own experiences with my body image, et cetera, and body confidence. I feel as though for a lot of my life, I have been disconnected from my body. Yeah. Insofar as I've sort of, even though it's been the thing that I've walked around in, I've sort of hoped that people haven't seen it and hope they don't judge me on it. And some of the decisions I make health-wise have been because I've been disconnected from it. And I feel like one of the things that's happened with me in the last year is I connected with my body and I have a new respect for it and I wonder if in your own experience with body confidence and within the communication that you're getting from followers whether you've noticed that actually we do put a bit of distance between ourselves and our bodies if we're not happy with it. I think that a lot of the time we believe or it's a learned behavior that we separate our mind from our body And so it can be anything from eating, so what does our mind want as opposed to what does our body want, to exercise, my mind feels anxious and embarrassed in the gym, to my body actually really enjoys moving around and is actually enjoying this movement and there's endorphins. And I think that there's lots of, can you make me look like, insert celebrity name, and that's mind leading the appearance, but actually... Once you connect the mind and the body together and you realise that there ain't no wand that's coming for you that's just going to wave and go, here is the legs of Eva Longoria. Here is, like, here is David Hasselhoff's height and jog along the beach. That just is never going to happen. And the DNA that you've been given, I think once you realise that you are just a combination of cells and water and your parents' DNA, and you are reflective of that, plus the environment that you're living in, that is your body. Um, A client that I tanned, I'd say like two years ago, she said she'd started getting dressed based on what her body felt like. So she'd close her eyes and think, okay, how do I feel today? And she was like, it's been a huge game changer because she was like, was my body cold? Did it want to feel nice fabric? Did I just want comfortable shoes? Or was I feeling like I wanted to wear something out? Like, and she went on this whole journey every morning when she woke up just choosing what she wanted to wear. And I know that sounds a bit ab fab with the Reiki stick at the wardrobe, (laughs) but I think it's a really interesting thing to do. And I, I often think like that, you know, I look at some pieces in my wardrobe, I'm like, I hated wearing that. Why did I wear that? It was so uncomfortable. What, just because I thought it looked good? I'm actually way more comfortable in insert whatever. And I think that once you connect the mind to the body and you stop or you and you let the body lead, like exercise, going to the gym, I would never have gone to a class on my own two years ago, ever. And now I will always go. I love going to a class on my own. I don't care what anyone thinks. I'm there because it's like my body wants it. It's almost like if you let the dog off a lead, the dog runs and it loves running. And then it comes back and it sleeps at night. The body is a bit like that. You're letting it off the lead in a class. I love this. It's nice, isn't it? I was chatting to... um, 
a psychiatrist and psychologist called Glenn McIntosh, and he had an amazing, um, an amazing way of looking at body comparison. And just while we're on the topic of dogs, and he said, he said, imagine. That's my favorite thing you said. <laughs> just while we're on the topic of dogs, and you'll see why, Emma. He said, imagine that you are a golden retriever and you're quite happy being a golden retriever and you go to the dog park and you see all these toy poodles and in that dog park toy poodles are like the dog to look like and you know what golden retriever as much as you try to make yourself look like that toy poodle <laughs> you're never going to be a toy poodle so just really enjoy being a golden retriever when he told me that, I was nearly on the edge. I was like, I've always been a golden retriever. I've never been a toy poodle. No matter how many pedigree chums I eat, no matter how many chums I eat, I will always be a golden retriever. And you know what? I'm happy with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think this this idea that uh, only feeling comfortable in your own skin is something that comes with age. I want, I, I do believe it doesn't, have to just be something that happens as you get older and I think that's why what you're doing is really interesting and really admirable because I know you have a I mean you have a an audience of m lots of different ages but you do have quite a young audience a, a lot of young people who follow yeah, you yeah definitely and I have messages come through from young girls who are under the age of 24 25 who message me and they're like oh my god I love this content I've never felt like this about my body and I think wow I'm only, you know, content like this is only available to me as an Instagram user from the age of like 30. Yeah. And so actually, if this, if my content's having an impact on you, then you might make content that's having an impact on younger people. And actually, we might end this whole pandemic of body dysmorphia. I sent you a link to um, an account recently. She seems like a lovely, lovely girl. And she's just doing this thing on TikTok, actually. She's got an Instagram account as well, but I saw her on TikTok and she's like, hi, I'm trying to fit into my jeans. And she's really, really sweet. And I've just become obsessed with her daily updates. And then I went into TikTok the other day and there were two really skinny girls making fun of her and mocking her and holding up jeans and going, hi. And I I wanted to really tell them off and like say something in comments like you are naughty nasty girls. <laughs> it was so so. Yeah, you should have just stepped up and been like you're mean bitches. That's what you should have done with my zero followers. <laughs> doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. But I just I do feel like for me, uh, the body stuff, the bullying, was in the playground or at school. Whereas now, like the double whammy of it being your peers and diet ads, it's just too much for young, impressionable minds, I think. Listen, I don't have teenagers, so I'm not sure. And I'm not sure how it is for younger generations. But I think as long as they... I have a lot of mums, actually, that message me saying that they show their kids my content and that they show um, either mums with young gay sons or mums with young girls, they'll play the diet videos and they'll talk about it. And I think as long as it's an open conversation for how you're feeling about how you look, it's okay to want to look like someone. I think it's natural in your teenage years to not want to look like yourself. But I think as long as you always know that you're so not defined by how you look. Do you think there's any uh, coincidence that you found love once you had sort of found love for yourself? Um, oh, interesting question. No, because I think I've become more body confident while I've been with Dutch. I think I was body confident before, but I think I've become much more. But for me, my body confidence is never about seeking approval from other people. It's about having the conversation with myself in the mirror. And it's about minimizing that conversation and those voices. And I think that's been the real, that's been the real journey for me. It's actually not what anyone else thinks. It's about what I think that other people are thinking. And I, yeah, because I remember a friend of mine um, went on holiday, or well, went on a press trip once and she ended up meeting her, what became the man who became her husband. And she said, I think the reason why we ended up getting together is because I was in a really happy place. I was in a really good job that I loved. She felt really good about how she looked. And she said, had she gone on that tr same trip six months earlier, she's not sure that she would have 
attracted that kind of energy into her life, which is why I was curious. Yeah, I think that is true. But I also think that that happiness will obviously have a knock-on effect to confidence. Yes. And openness mm-hmm. and what you're willing to bring into your life. Now, I don't want to sort of sound as if I'm segueing really hard into a product, but you did say something earlier that reminded me of one of the best stats I've ever read in a magazine but have not been able to find since. And I remember years ago, I'm talking 20 years ago, reading this article that it was like women who put, or men obviously, but it was a women's magazine, women who apply body lotion daily tend to be happier in their own skin than people who don't. And it comes again, what I was saying about being a bit disconnected. And the reason why it made me think of that, because on my desk, I do have the high glow product, which is basically like, as I think I might have texted you the other day, like doing a full body lube. It is the nicest feeling like your face is cracking me up it's just when you said lube I've never heard you really say that I've seen you text it but you've never said it to me but it is just and it is that thing of as much as obviously you're using a product to get your skin to look a certain way the the experience the experiential feeling of actually massaging it in but also it it is that it is a real act of self care and self-love and I wondered if that was something you always wanted to be part of the DNA of the brand as well of like yes we can have a representative we can be representative and inclusive and diverse in the models that you see wearing this or the people you see wearing it but also we're going to help you with that journey by not only showing you but allowing you to feel I think that tanning has always been that for me, whether you're going for a spray tan and you're getting naked and being naked with somebody else, or whether you're taking the moment out like you do with High Glow, where you massage the hyaluronic serum into your skin. It is a really cathartic process and it is a moment that, A, you have to look at your body in front of the mirror, usually while you're butt naked or in your pants. And then there is a moment where you have to dry a bit. And I think that that moment there's no better feeling than having a dance in your pants. There just isn't. <laughs> Literally, I could leap around like Bambi in our flat, put Cheryl Cole on and Dutch has to put headphones on and I just have a dance and I just feel so much happier in my own skin right. doing that. There's something I have to unpick there. Why Cheryl Cole? Don't get me wrong. I I love her. I love her dance. Oh, no. It's, she's just one of my, like, Call My Name is one of my songs that I can't resist. Yes. You know yeah. what it I think I was hypnotized in a past life to the sound of the, to those first four bars that when I hear, you know, when people think they're a chicken, that's when I think I'm one of them backing dancers and it comes on and I'm like, oh my God, here we go again. But I was actually, funnily, I was, uh, I sent the clip on YouTube. I was being mean oh, um, to a friend recently because do you remember she did a, a like Saturday night entertainment show and the vocal <laughs> didn't come in and it's just her doing this amazing dancing and all you can hear is, because <laughs> she's not singing I'll send it to you afterwards it is yes, the funniest thing because she's so beautiful and she looks so perfect and her dancing is incredible she's a beautiful dancer and she looks the whole thing but it's just this like <laughs> <laughs> it's well worth it for the lol um, I don't dance around in my pants should what? I? oh my god Emma put that on your list of things to do <laughs> I'm going to give you two lists to do One is put on your favourite song, shut your curtains and have a dance in your pants. Right. And two is spread some gratitude today. And I always say this to people, like, just text five of your friends and tell them how much you love them and say there's no need for you to respond to this. I just love you. And just send out some positive energy and let the universe bring it back to you. Do you know what? I have really felt that, and listeners of the show will know who this is, Lisa Potter-Dixon. I feel like all Lisa is capable of doing is putting niceness and goodness out into the world. And I feel like she's somebody who gets it back. (laughs) She's like, she's such a good example of someone who just is so positive and so bright and so lovely. You're exactly the same. I messaged her the other day and I was like, I just want you to know that every time your post comes on my scroll, I smile and I feel great. And you need to know that you're having this massive positive impact on my life. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) oh but I think you're I I do think you're really good at that too I look forward to I look forward to what are you having for tea babes more than I look forward to other things and you know this because I dm you at so many of them just like oh my god this is amazing 
That is, what are you having for tea is such a funny feature. It just came from me being curious at the fridge on a Thursday and being like, I wonder what everyone else is having. And then it came in and I was like, well, this is nuts. <laughs> it does not go with Doritos. <laughs> and I was like, we need to talk about this. And, that, and it just became this mad thing. But I love it because it makes me be the person outwardly that I am in- inwardly. Oh, I like that, Jules. In what way? I'm I'm really silly, and I I love doing accents, and I love pissing about. And a lot of the time, I'm too shy to do it. And I think what are you having for tea <laughs> gives me that vehicle to really ramp it up. And I just love it. I really enjoy it. And people send me videos of them laughing, and they're like, "You've you've wiped me." dry this week <laughs> wish I picked a better turn of phrase but there we go but the thing is you you're I totally get this so you are somebody who I can have the most ridiculous amount of fun with and I don't know if you remember the time that we went out for dinner and we then walked down the street making noises do you remember and Dutch met us he was like what but you can be really silly with you but then I can also have some of the best and most productive deep and meaningfuls and sometimes, even in the middle of a deep and meaningful, someone will be like, Whoo. <laughs> Life's just here to have fun with. Like, just, I think there's so much seriousness. I once saw a couple, actually, in a restaurant, and she'd had a really, really bad day. And her other half was like, I'm not having, I'm not having this at dinner. You need to cheer the fuck up, excuse me. And he lay on the floor in the restaurant and he was like I'm not getting up until you cheer up and she was like get up and he was like no cheer up and this waiter was stepping over them and everything and I was like oh my god that's goals what a legend that is some good energy yeah I'm down for it now it really affected me I was like I want to be him yeah I just yeah now I want to get on the I don't want to get on the floor in a restaurant but you know what I mean can always pack your Dyson cordless. <laughs> and I've got my sanitizing wipes, obviously. I've just tried to order some um, reuse, not reusable, disposable gloves because I've got to go and fill my car with petrol soon. Fair. But people could be like, is that, is that Emma Guns over there in the corner of Oaxaca just hoovering the floor? Oh, she's getting down on it now. What's going on? No, if no, you and I both know if there's guacamole on the table, I'm not no, no, getting no, no. on the floor until it's done. Guacamole and margaritas. So you've, I feel like a lot has changed in a really positive way since you were last on the show, and it's been really nice to catch up. But what, I know it's kind of a sort of ugh, question, but what is next? Do you, are you having plans or are you... Are you having plans? Are you making plans? Are you thinking strategically? Or are you also blending a little bit of that in with going with the flow and listening to your audience? Because I know that I don't think this evolution would have happened or these changes in how you have adapted content and whatnot would have happened without such a an engaged and interactive conversation with your followers. Um there are plans and plans have been slightly hoodwinked by COVID. Um, <laughs> but there's definitely, but I really want to get out and meet people. I really want to connect with people. And I think that will hopefully, hopefully inspire me to do more things. Um, definitely, I don't know. I've got goals. There's things that I want to do. Um, something on stage, I think. It's Any excuse to buy Saquon? <laughs> Any excuse to what? Buy a sequin. What's Why sequin? call it a sequin? Call it a sequin. Oh, oh right. Gosh, a sequin. <laughs> Actually, I nearly bought some silver sequin trousers in, a, in honour of Lisa Potter Dixon the other day. Why did you? I don't know. I'll buy I'm them. Married. You can always wear them to the wedding. Oh, yes, with a nice bodysuit. All right, I'll order them immediately. Um, <laughs> no, I, funnily, one thing that COVID and lockdown has done is it's made me look at the things that I was putting off or thinking, oh, that seems ridiculous, or all of those things. It's made me go, oh, well, when this is when this is lifted and we can all go back to whatever the version of normal is, there is going to be none of this, oh, let's do it in six months. It's just going to be, let's just execute now. If you've got a plan, do it. Are you feeling like that? I'm definitely feeling like that. I think 
there are things that I've learned about lockdown that actually maybe I did too much before. Maybe I was pushing myself too hard and maybe I wasn't focusing as much on my own space and my own time. I think that's something that has really, I, that's something I've learned during lockdown. I'm much more happy when I'm a bit more aligned with myself and not frantically running around trying to please other people. Um, so that's, that's what I'm taking out of lockdown for sure. I think one of the greatest things actually for me has been you don't have to constantly be like pushing, 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 pushing to get things done. Like you can, if you need to, get everything that you need done from your flat. Yeah, totally. I had to go into town the other day in central London. I don't live in central London. I couldn't believe how much time I wasted traveling. I was like, well, I'm not doing that again. (laughs) (laughs) If you think I'm going to that launch of that lipstick, forget it. No, it's true. It's true. Phone it in now. Or just like, if you, Jules, are you going to that launch? Did, could you FaceTime so I'm there? Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be like, can somebody just set up a phone on a tripod and I'll just, I'll be at the event from that. Inanimate Jules Von Hebb appearance. No. Yeah, we cloned. <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. And also, yeah, I've been talking about doing a series of lives for a long time. I know you've done live podcasts with um, Jules and Sarah and Wobble. But I've always put it off and I just think, right, as soon as I can, the live is happening. Just get it booked. Get it done. Book a, Just book a venue, get it done. You have an ama- Your podcast is amazing. People will be falling over themselves to get in. I'll happily do the door for you if you want. Oh, thank you. Can I be on the merch? You can be on the merch stand like I was on the merch stand with Dutch for your one. You were, yes, of course. I came away I with a massive book of trees. On the door. I can be like, you haven't got a ticket, Brenda, in the queue. <laughs> everyone will be a vip though you know what i'm like i'll be like oh sit at the front let's just all have a huddle right it's the end of our time together so do you have a parting message that you want to leave with listeners of the evergun show oh remember dear listener that in life this isn't a dress rehearsal and so when you get to the end as grim as it will be try to remember that there won't be somebody that opens this door and goes okay if you want to actually come through to your real life here we go now Um, so just enjoy this life and don't waste so much time hating how you look beautiful words you make me smile so much Jules One Hep you make me smile too Emma Guns I like it very much right the links to everything to do with Jules which I mean right let's list these off his Instagram his incredible brand his two podcasts what else have you got I don't know but maybe I don't know white van (laughs) (laughs) But all of the links. Happy wagon on the A46. If anybody's interested. Oh, did you watch that documentary on dogging? Oh, I've seen it. It's very. Really? <laughs> <laughs> just thinking about a lay-by on the A2046 or whatever you said just made me think about that terrible documentary. That's amazing. Anyway, all of the links to Jules will be in the show notes. But obviously, it's been nothing short of an absolute pleasure to have you on the show again. Thanks, Jules. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to that episode of The Emma Gunn Show. I do hope you enjoyed it. I appreciate your time hugely. If you did enjoy it and you never want to miss an episode, then please do hit the subscribe button wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode. It's also where you get the opportunity to leave a five-star review and a rating for how you feel about the show. And I'd be so grateful if you wouldn't mind leaving one. If you want to get in touch with me, email me at thebeautypodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. Or you can DM me on Instagram and Twitter where I am at Emma Guns. If you fancy chatting to me and thousands of other fellow listeners of the podcast, then click the link to join the Facebook forum. The link to join is in the show notes, which can be found wherever it is that you are streaming and downloading this episode you have to answer a couple of questions but we cannot wait to see you there come over and join the conversation thank you so much for listening i will see you on the next one Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you have no idea where it's going? 
Well, I know it's all of those subscriptions. I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and I had them cancel the ones I didn't want anymore. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash pod24. That's rocketmoney.com slash pod24. Rocketmoney.com slash pod24. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.